0: Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody! It's Thursday, and that <laughs> means it is time to talk about Star Wars. Why? Because we are back, baby! I'm John, thank you so much for joining us today. James Bainey, Lacey Gillerin, with me, as always. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about Disney+, Plus and the shifting in the paradigm of how things are put out uh, Mulan setting the new trend for Disney Obviously they're going to be debuting That what would have made a billion dollars At the box office movie Right on Disney Plus to rent for 30 bucks A pop uh, So we're going to talk a little bit about Could Star Wars actually do that For their staple feature films But um, uh, Guys I uh, want to talk to you about something that has been on my mind for a very Very long time now have you ever watched uh a show or a movie that has been out for so long that uh you don't want to talk about it because people will assume it's okay to spoil things
1: no why are you talking about 30 rock
0: no i'm not talking about 30 rock. No. <laughs> Um. So you've never ha- had that situation where you there's been a show or like, you know, oh, I'm just going to get into Breaking Bad now. And it's been out for 15 years. I don't want to know what happens. But you just tell someone, hey, I'm watching Breaking Bad. They're like, oh, man, when blah, blah, blah happens. Because I feel like with movies that happens a lot. Uh, like, you know, say someone had never seen like The Sixth Sense before, right? Maybe there's someone listening or watching right now. they're Like, I haven't seen it. And I'm about to just tell them right now that Bruce Willis was dead the entire time.
2: Right. That's not cool, right? But it happens. James, did that ever happen to you? Um actually what what it, it kind of did happen to me in the sixth sense cuz I was on a <laughs> like a I was on a um like a band trip like on a bus we were going we were doing a trip to like washington or florida or something like that so we were kind of on this like touring bus or whatever so they were playing the movie and i was like kind of watching it like you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like it's like the tv screen's like four seats in front of me and i'm like there's a bunch of people yelling and stuff and i'm like kind of paying attention to it sort of but i i really didn't like pick up on like what was really going on in the movie and then I told my, my mom was like, "What did you do?" And I was like, "Oh, we watched The Sixth Sense." And she was like, "Isn't that so crazy? He was dead?" And I was like, "Oh, I didn't really like pick up on it." So she kind of ruined it, but um but no, but I I'd rather have that story than like the moment that I got. If I was in a theater, then that would be different, but I didn't really care about The Sixth Sense. Yeah. You mean um, like
1: when I said, "Don't don't clap yet, don't cheer yet."
2: Oh yeah, 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 that happened in uh, *Rise <laughs> of Skywalker* too. Yeah, why? Because like, okay, cause so, so he like, he gives her her life back. They kiss. She sits up. They kiss, and then like, as soon as some that's girls done, cheered. Yeah, some girls were like, "Woo!" Like, yeah, excited. And she goes out of the corner of her breath. She goes, "Oh, don't cheer yet," or something <laughs> like that. And so I'm sitting there watching it for the first time, going. So I guess he's going to die or something's yeah. going to happen where he like where it resolves poorly. Um but I mean I didn't care cuz like like I said it's all kind of in the moment anyway. Yeah. So it was all the funny I thing I, I thought it was even, one way and it was the other It turned out seconds later, so.
1: Yeah, it was one of those things that like I was thinking it and I said it and didn't realize I said it until after I'd said it and I was like, "Oh, <laughs>
2: yeah, because like I heard you, but did anybody else around you hear you too? So, Probably yeah. not. Which
0: is funny if if, um, that, if that was reversed and James did that to Lacy, I'd be so you would have bit his head <laughs> off. You would have taken your pretzel and wrapped it around his neck and strangled him with that giant uh, Bavarian pretzel. I,
1: I miss pretzels, guys.
0: Um, it no, because not been good for pretzels. So I bring that up because I, you know, I you know I've been talking to people every once in a while who are just like people are crushing through old TV shows and movies and stuff because everyone's either working from home or out of work or, or what's going on. Everyone's home uh, doing their streaming and all that stuff. And, you know, there's been some shows I I've, I had missed I know, for years. And I'm just like, let me dive into this show. Let me get into this thing here. Um, what if I'm- like, I, I don't watch that. I know you've been really... I, I'm pretty sure at this point you're part of like the cast of season six or whatever. Because you, you're promoting Lucifer very much. But
2: The street team.
0: But And I can't even say what shows I'm watching. Because some idiot is going to... No offense out there. Is going to be like, oh, I'm going to spoil it for him. No, you're not going to do that. But like, there's some shows I'll say like Justified. Someone's like, you got to watch Justified. It's so good. Timothy Olyphant's in and stuff. I'm like, all right, you know what? I will get into that. Because he's going to be in Mandalorian, allegedly. Uh, and uh, I'll check it out. And I started watching it. It was fine. But I think the point is, like, there is that thing where a certain period of time goes by and people just think it's all good now. Like, we can talk about freely. No worries. Like
1: Baby Yoda?
2: Yeah. Like, there's always, like, that buffer. Baby Yoda's you know? kind of different, though.
1: It, there was a spoil- period where no one was talking about it. And then all of a sudden, everyone was like, Disney was like, hey, guess what? Baby yeah, Yoda is kind of in Disney a different thing, though, because yeah. I
2: feel yeah. like if if you <laughs> if you were talking Star Wars to somebody and you brought up Baby Yoda and they didn't know, I, I, I would be more surprised that how have you somehow avoided Baby Yoda? I don't feel like that's my fault anymore. Well, I did I not was... ruin the show for you. I assume that everybody knows the spoiler there.
1: I think it was because they weren't getting it in the UK until March.
2: Yeah, but yeah, that so, was the, they, that was so the, Disney was yeah, talking
1: yeah. about it like legit a week later. And people were like, oh, this is the thing we can talk about now because not everybody had been able to watch it yet. I but think you know that what?
0: was yeah. the thing. It, because certain um, distribution companies or regions with countries and how things arrive to them, it's not. it was out of Disney's hands. If it was up to Disney, they would have put it out everywhere. At the same time, right? So Disney's it's like we, Sky we can't, had uh, we
1: the can't, licensing rights.
0: We can't like snuff out nor
2: Golden Goose like thing. Like sorry, like the other thing sure. is it's it's not like picture picture of Empire Strikes Back was the Mandalorian and it was set into like six episodes. The that moment was a big reveal, but it wasn't like the the climax of the movie. This big reveal was to set off the show. Sure. Like so you so y- yeah, it's it's fun to get that reveal in the first episode, but you have to know that that's not a secret. They're going to be like, "Oh, you know, you got to watch the show cuz you you got to you got to see what happens in the in the end of the first episode." It's like, yeah. "No, the show is about the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda." Right. Sure. So that's how we're marketing the show. That spoilers ruined as soon as you watch, as soon as the first episode comes out, not even you watching it.
0: Yeah, well, so we're gonna know. we're gonna get into it in a bit. Before we get into uh, Will the Force, it's back, baby. We took a couple week hiatus. It's back. Uh, Yes, it's back. I want to thank um, all of our uh, resistance officers on patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Like we've been talking about on Monday, we're going to be talking about more as we're coming up here. Obviously, the Mandalorians are going to be a big part of the conversation. We have the Mando Fan Show coming back this fall. Stuff like that and the improvement of the quality of our podcast and all that stuff is thanks to all of our resistance officers. We really thank you for all of your support. And I want to say a special by name shout out to our uh, generals. And that is Carmelo Andrew Staley Jeremy Myers Neil Shaw David Probus John Reese, Micah Harrison Michael Gaines Jeddah Rosewater Bethany Russ Harbison And Kendall Gellner Thank you all so much For all of your support Generals We really appreciate it Cannot do it without you We'll see you in the war room After the episode of course um, Now it's time James Will of the force uh, I think we got some Pretty good ones Including some from Our resistance officers So let's get into it right now I fear nothing for all this as the force wills
2: it will of the force uh how many questions we got this week one two three four five and three of them this week are coming from resistance officers i'm pretty excited um first of which is coming from major michael courtois and michael wanted to know will we get backstories for cheer who donnie Yen, and bays uh john john i don't know that i've ever said his name out loud (laughs) john Wen, john Wen. going with that Mm -hmm. Um, yeah uh i want to know this is back to michael i want to know more about the wills and particularly cheer it love the show best to all well thanks uh michael for the question um i'm gonna kick this one off just because i know a little bit about this um if you don't know michael there is a book called guardians of the wills and it is the backstory to cheer it and Baze. um i i don't want to we just talked about all the spoilers and all this other stuff so I, I i won't get like too into it but obviously it takes place um before rogue one and uh it's just them living in the city of Jeddah and the stuff that they go on about and it gives you a little bit more into the inside of whole like uh, Baze uh and why he doesn't believe what he believes and cheer it kind of saying yeah but you uh, yeah you know and they kind of just do their thing back and forth but they go on their own adventures um against uh the empire and the the evils of you know um I don't want to say the dark side but it's like just bad people in general and stuff. So they do go on um, their own adventures. And if you want to learn more about them, check out guardians of the wills. But I think that most people probably don't know that. So the question kind of becomes, we're going to see more of them maybe in live action or, uh, or an animated series, uh, Mm -hmm. something along those lines. Lacey, I'm kicking it off with you first. What do you think? I think we're going to get more cheered in bays.
1: I'm torn because I want to, but I don't think that we will. I think they were specific to Rogue One. I think their story has been told in that book. And with the stuff that's coming out, I'm not sure how that would work because they really get introduced in Rogue One. So Mm -hmm. I don't think they will.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Like with um, the Cassian show, like obviously they're not going to be in that because they meet them in Rogue One. Yeah. So John, what do you think?
0: I mean, I, I agree. The two of them were probably my favorite parts of Rogue One um, especially Donnie Yen I a cheer it is amazing um, so I would love to see him come back it would be a little too strange to see him return in Cassian uh, because like Lacey said, they hadn't met at that point. It would just be kind of like, let's just check in with these guys just because and then you'll under- And it
1: ruins the reveal then in Rogue One. Right. It's and, like and if the reveal is it. Yeah.
0: If you watch it the way like Jeremy was saying on the pod race on Monday, the story first, and then you, so then you watch Cassian first, then Rogue One, you'd be like, Why did we just check in with these guys? But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of those things. So as much mm-hmm. as I would
2: want to, I don't think we are.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. But
2: yep I'm 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 with you I don't don't think they're gonna do live action I think uh, maybe a cartoon show could be cool like if they wanted to have um like we we have seen like for instance we've had Hondo meet up with Cheer at one point you know what I mean I think I think they could play around with other people going to Jedha and maybe having confrontations with these characters for whatever reason but I think for the most part that's that's part of the the beauty of Rogue One is is this this simple collective um, and the sacrifices that they made and and that they they didn't live these great lives they led to a point where their lives had meaning um, because of this one major event so yeah God, I love Rogue One. It's so good. Uh, next one. Um, will any of these characters die in the Mandalorian season two? So he's got grief, Karga, Cara Dune, Omera, and uh, Moff Gideon. So, John, I'm starting off with you.
0: Yes. And it's going to be grief, Karga. I think. Ooh, i think grief is um had a little bit of that you know he betrayed mando uh like i called it um humble brag uh but then he had that kind of like redemption (laughs) arc where he warmed himself up and became part of the team and they did things in the last two episodes to make you like him he got hurt You saw Baby Yoda care for him and heal him. You saw him show a sense of camaraderie, a sense of compassion, a sense of selflessness. I will help you. Uh, Then in the uh, final episode, I think it was, they show him with a little humor with the hey, baby, do the magic hand thing. They're humanizing grief, Karga at the very end of season one to make us like him. And I think they're setting that up for him to get killed in season two. Uh, and I think it's possible we could see Moff Gideon just shove that dark saber right through his chest. Um, but either way, I think it's they're going to build him up more to make us like him more, and then they're going to have him die. And having Moff Gideon kill someone like that builds up him as the villain. A uh, little mm. double, double uh, bar- barreled action there. So I think Reeve Karg is going.
2: It's a good answer, John. Um, actually, I like that, and I might even just say, "Yeah, do that." <laughs> but I, But before I do, I want to hear what Lacey has to say. She might, she might have something good. What's up?
1: Uh, I was going to say exactly what John said, so.
2: Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> all i right. I'll, I'll, We're all so I'll together. I'll switch it up. Yeah.
1: It well, just it uh, adds more weight to the whole mm-hmm. story if he dies because you have him being the bad guy and then he's the good guy and you're like, oh, he's on the team. He's part of the, you know, everyone's working together. And then for him to die, the only way I think would make it even better, obviously, for the story would be that the Mandalorian sees it happen in front of him.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. So
1: he sees that the stakes are high, that people that get involved with him they're not safe. And no one's if, safe.
0: What if Baby Yoda tries to heal him and he can't that time?
1: Ooh, that's rough. Hmm. But yeah, no, hundred percent. So, what he, what John said.
2: So I've been I've been riding on the theory for a little while that you know, um, they go through the show and just like the old samurai movies, he returns to that planet and there's Omera and they they're able to be together. Right. I think what would be interesting is if they go through season two as if that's it. it. They go through all the adventure season two. He goes back to the planet. He sees her or in some way or another gets connected back her and she's killed because then you have a plot like, um, a cliffhanger for season two into season three. And you have a wild vengeant uh, Mandalorian character who who just is out to revenge her death love um, love revenge and and he has nothing nothing more to to live for cuz in season 2 i think in my head he's he's with baby yoda but he always has that he's always home you know he can always go back to there and settle down and just not do this anymore and if he doesn't have that if he loses that then we we have something to kind of like really side with him and be like, Oh dude, I don't, I don't of, know what to do. That's kind of why I more.
0: dangled that out there. I, I, Cause she's kind of a fringe character right now, but I wanted to throw that in there because of that potential. Lacey, what were we going to
2: say? Lacey? Yeah.
1: Uh, I was just going to say that I think it's one of those things that yes, that makes sense. But at the same time, he hasn't known her that long. So I wouldn't even stress that it's like a romantic thing, but I think, the idea that it's the fantasy of living a normal life and having a long life with someone else, that's what could drive him, not necessarily the romantic of, oh, we're a couple. I think it's the idea of, hey, this could be a fantasy of mine, of I could turn away from all of this, like Kara Dune said, and I could just live this wonderful life. Um, And I think that's what would ultimately drive him.
2: Yeah, I'm in agreement. I'm trying to word it. I'm trying to say like, right. there's always home. Like, right. I can get out of the game and I can just go b- and live with my parents. Like, it's cause like... that's always going to be there. But you kill my parents, and I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anything yeah. to live for anymore. You know what I mean? Well, it's I, the I, fantasy I like of
1: that. what could be that always drives people, right? It's like yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but this is, this is taking away someone's safety. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's removing their their blanket and mm-hmm. ripping it up or something. And he would think um, it was his fault. Yeah, for sure. Because he wasn't there to protect her or something. Yeah. It goes back and the city's just like done, like burnt, you know, right. or whatever. Um, we can all agree, though. They're not killing Kitty. No. It better that not would be interesting. Why not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question Patreon submission. This one's coming from General Bethany uh, Beerfit. And Bethany wants to know. Will we get more Maz Kanata content uh, at her castle on Takodana? John, I'm going right back to you on this one first. What's up? Mm, what do you think?
0: Maybe. But if we do, it'll be in the Solo 2 series.
1: Stealing my answer. Uh, Stealing I actually my think answer. Lacey was supposed to go first ago. on this one. Oh, right?
0: Lacey was supposed to go first. All right, Lacey, go first.
1: No, you've already said my answer. It well, will you be guys agree Solo then. Too. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: I said that weeks ago. It's on the record.
0: Wait, are you doing call? Are you being called a person right, right
1: now for Maz Kanata's castle? I am absolutely 110. <laughs> percent I love that set,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, Lacey, Lacey has a good point though, too, because of um, is it it's Battlefront, right? That, Ma, that Han Solo is at Maz's castle, right? I think it's Battlefront, Maybe. Battlefront too.
1: I mean, you can play yeah. Han Solo on any of the maps, but
2: no, 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 no. no. No no no, it's part of the story. He goes back there and he's like drinking and all this other stuff. I can't remember I can't remember the details of it I right off the top on of my head.
1: Battlefront. I don't really know what um,
2: the story is. I think it's Battlefront. Um but uh but I actually think that because they've established that particular castle having been there for so long, I think they absolutely have more than just solo to open the window with like for instance, High Republic, like if they they if they ever decide to do anything live action revolving around the the High Republic, I feel that's a very, very easy way to access um, familiar content is go to somewhere where we know is an established place that's in operation with characters that we know. Yeah, that could be that could be Chewbacca and Maz Kanata. Oh, wait, no. Chewbacca might not be born yet. He's 190 years old, High Republic's like yeah. 200, so maybe not. But right. um, but yeah, yeah, I think we we will see um, more Maz Kanata for sure. Um, that's not even live action. That's just anything. So yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, next question is, will Obi-Wan Kenobi visit Yoda on Dagobah in the Kenobi series? Now, Lacey, I kind of stiffed you last time, so you get to go first this time. What do you think?
1: Well, he didn't stiff me. John just stole my answer that I gave months ago. Um, Will Kenobi be... uh, I want him to, and again, this is like one of those things that's driving my answer on this question, is that I want him to go see Yoda. Mm -hmm. Will I think he... I don't think they're going to bring out the Yoda puppet, so no, I don't think they will. He will. I want him to, though, but I don't think he will.
2: All right, let me jump in then real quick. I think they absolutely are bringing Yoda back, but he's not going to Dagobah.
1: Are you There's, are you thinking like hologram or something?
2: No, I'm thinking Force talking shows up mm. somehow. Um I I think that the I think that the communion between the two, communication is absolutely happening at all times, and I would find it very crazy to have Obi-Wan going on any sort of mission whatsoever and not be in discussion with Yoda.
1: That's fair. Who, who's the question very is who's Dagobah, though. F-
2: exactly, which is yeah. why I absolutely think they are bringing the puppet back out. They are putting him in the show, but we're not going to Dagobah because he doesn't need to. He would never need to fly there and possibly blow his cover they and all this other stuff. They have
1: remake that whole set.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, I, I'd be down. I'd love to see it. John, what do you think? John's like, I already know they are.
0: They are. He, <laughs> he is going to visit Yoda on Dagobah. And the volume helps, man. You can make that environment pretty easily and then add some dry ice and some sticks and you're good to go. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Some sticks. No, but just I get us, get a snake. Let's put it this way.
0: <laughs> Frank Oz always seems down to play Yoda. He's never been like, you know, I'm not doing that's You know, I'm beyond that now. And you know, that was the old days. Like he just voiced Yoda again for episode nine. Uh, It's another way to get Yoda involved. You had Obi-Wan telling Luke, you're going to go to Dagobah. Uh, You're going to go to the Dagobah system. He's familiar with it. Um, It would be a good way to do a little nostalgia while also having it make sense. I think a personal meeting between Obi-Wan and Yoda has more impact than just him in his head or him seeing uh, a vision of him or something. I think all signs to me point to Obi-Wan going there again, they're doing rewrites on these scripts to make them better. I think part of that is also hitting people in the chest a little bit more to give you what you need out of uh, the one and done Obi-Wan series. So Mm -hmm. um, I think they're, I think they're going to do it.
1: I didn't think about the volume. So I changed my answer.
2: Oh, so I was you're just stealing about to say my how answer? Good all of our answers are. Oh, it's not stealing, boy. changing,
1: agreeing, agreeing. Uh,
2: I was just about to say uh, no Yoda, no Dagobah, and then I was no Dagobah, yes Yoda, and then John was yes Dagobah, yes Yoda. So
1: well, I'm no yes. Good
2: variance of answers there, but then Lacey ruined it. No, I'm just sorry.
1: kidding.
2: Sorry. <laughs> um, not sorry. good answers all around uh last one is actually another resistance officer this is commander steven bowman and steven wanted to know will the obi again with obi-wan uh will the obi-wan kenobi series all we have james (laughs) i know it's all we can look forward to um it's all we have (laughs) will the obi-wan kenobi series feature any additional surprise returning characters besides vaders he's kind of assuming vader there um i for one would love to see a ghost of Qui-Gon uh, John what do you think you think uh, first maybe comment on his besides Vader do you think Vader's happening uh, for sure and then the other thing about any other character showing up besides Vader
0: at the Vader thing you know it makes sense I don't think whoever is reporting this knows I think it's more of a guessing thing Mm-hmm. But it makes sense to use your golden goose of Star Wars when you can. And it makes sense here. I do not think Vader is going to see Obi Wan in person. I think they're preserving that whole thing on the Death Star. So it's going to be here's what's going on with Vader over here. Here's Obi Wan over here. They may just miss each other or something like that and sense each other. And that could be kind of cool. But they're not going to see each other. um But then they're going to open up the floodgates. You're going to get your uh Owen Lars uh with um what's his name who played him in the prequels like Joel Edgerton Joel Edgerton Yeah you're going to get Baru, you're going to get Luke you're going to get Leia you're going to get um Jimmy Smits as Bail Organa they're going to do it all uh maybe even some Mothma I think you're going to see all those people surface in this show um I don't think they're going to hold back at all and of course Liam Neeson without a doubt will be back as Qui-Gon Jinn
2: You think Mothma who knows? I'm
0: just saying. I'm just throwing
2: those against the oh, wall. Okay, all right. I'm, I was like, I mean, we we are we're pretty certain Mothma's coming back for Cassie, and yeah, and that makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah, just stay. Are you still here, uh, Genevieve O'Reilly? Just throw the sheet back on and and get out there. Just some...
2: <laughs> yeah, she needs different clothes for. I know, for right? Um, uh, Lacey, what do you think?
1: So I am agreeing a lot with John. I don't like it. Um... I. Love it. <laughs> this is my nightmare. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Sure, Vader will be there, I think, but um, definitely Qui Gon. Hmm. I but Vader and Obi Wan are never gonna see each other though, because then that ruins a new hope. See, it
2: doesn't ruin it though. Oh, it I does, still yeah. am okay with that thing. I- I'm still okay with the they've they've uh you know a uh, presence i've not felt since blank and then you can go you you we for years mm-hmm. have written it to be this but you could easily just make it that um and then you get this crazy thing and it also fills in other blocks too so i mean i i would like to see the 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 analysis that really goes into these are all the lines that that would make it fail and these are all the lines that would that still work you know or or would potentially even make it better like he's more machine now than man really how do you know that you haven't seen darth vader since you left him on the hill you know so there's there's other things in there that they could fill in but Mm. um so i i i'm not opposed to vader showing up for this the series uh obviously i love the ghost of qui-gon i think that's a little bit uh out out there that would be kind of a cool surprise whereas i think someone like the Joel Edgerton thing is a little more obvious, like, or like a Luke is a little more obvious. Um, but then you start to get into the, the Jimmy Schmitz that the, I don't think he needs to be there, but if they did it, it could be a cool surprise, you know? Um, but I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm with you on the, the Qui-Gon thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. Steven, um, that qui oh, would be the one that I'd like to see ho- return.
0: We're, yeah, we we're hope you're feeling better, Stephen. We know you've been public and saying that you're dealing with uh, COVID, so we hope you're feeling mm-hmm. better and, and doing well and thanks for uh, making us a part of uh, hopefully getting you through some tough times.
2: Yeah. Um, well, that is it for Will the Force. Uh, John, take us into the discussion. <laughs> Obi One once thought as you do.
0: Alright, so Lacey pitched this idea, which is very interesting because um of what has just been happening with Mulan. Uh, this so, has
1: never happened, by the way, that I've pitched an idea and John has accepted it. That's
0: this. that's not true. Uh, but, <laughs> um so, everything is changing. You know, Disney is experimenting with premiering major feature live action films on Disney Plus. As, as I just said, Mulan's going to debut in September, which you can rent for $30 as a rental, not purchase. Some people are confused on that. Some people think you're going to be able to buy it that day. Nope, you're going to have it for 48 hours and then it's gone. Um, no, it
1: stays in your library. Nope, that's as not true, John. As, oh, long If you that have for- Disney Plus, it stays in your library, if, if, but yes. you don't get to keep it.
2: Yeah, you don't get to keep you're you not get purchasing to, the movie as get, it goes into my iTunes. You can't download you, it or as a, a as a purchase, right, okay. So it's get there it to stream. As streaming.
1: long as you pay that six ninety nine. Okay. You,
2: <laughs> yeah, you are purchasing access to hey Mulan is on my Disney Plus and nobody else is Disney Plus Oh okay Plus. that's still But it's just yeah. the same access that you have to any other thing on Disney Plus you're just purchasing the ability for Mulan to be there as well And when the internet Which goes totally
1: out confusing.
0: you don't get to watch your Mulan is what you're saying
1: But you can watch the Force Awakens on your iPad cuz that's all you have
0: <laughs> All right so with <laughs> that in mind though could future Star Wars films debut in similar fashion would it be exclusive to Disney Plus uh in Conjunction with in theaters or will Star Wars films always debut on the big screen? So um, I mean my thoughts on this to kick it off is I think your big Tentpole Star Wars feature films, you know your next you know Episodic 1 episode 10 Ray or your taika movie or whatever. I think your major Star Wars feature films need to still debut in theaters i think we're thinking in this bubble mindset of pandemic we're gonna get beyond that especially three years from now if you the moment you take star wars away from that event that family event that huge big spectacle we're going to see a star wars movie grab your popcorn um you lose you lose it The moment you cut that down so I think that it's very important and I think they know that that Star Wars There's something different about a Star Wars feature film and I think they want to keep that legacy alive So I personally I mean maybe I don't know where James and Lacey are on this We haven't really talked about it before him. I think based on how I know them I think I may know where they are on this, but it's not a Star Wars war but I I think they may be able to convince me otherwise uh, but I, I just think there's something about Star Wars um, opening in theaters that they don't want to tarnish. And the moment you debut your episode 10 or something of Star Wars on Disney+, Plus, you lose the magic of what it is to go see Star Wars uh, in the theater uh, on like an opening night. So um, I don't know. Where, whoever wants to, to hop in, hop in. But uh, that's where I'm at to start this thing off anyway.
1: Go ahead, Lacey digital B- download Bainey. <sighs> Um. Well, I
2: mean, I don't know. I I agree, John, that you think we're we're kind of in the pandemic mindset, um, and that things eventually will get back to normal. But I feel like normal is was was already kind of slipping in this direction anyway. And the pandemic is just like throwing a huge wrench into that process. Hmm. Um, you are already looking at people saying, "Do I need to go to the movies in the first place? It's really expensive." Um. And so all the theater companies were trying to come up with like movie pass and AMC stubs and sort of ways that to like try to motivate people to get them back into the theater in the first place. Um, you say star Wars is, is an event, um, but um, it's not like a lot of movies are events. Like obviously the Avenger stuff is, is events or like the tenant movie coming out and even Mulan, what we're talking about. The, these are event movies. And you – if all movies are doing this, then Star Wars will still exist as an event within the medium that, that every other thing is taking place. Hmm. It won't be – a. it might not be a theatrical event, but it'll be an event in the sense of like everybody was watching the season finale of Seinfeld. You know, that's that's a national event that everybody is tuning in to do this thing all at once. And But it's just kind of like not happening – Um, in the, the smaller groups, like, uh, you know, a hundred people in a theater, it'll just be three or four in a house, but it'll still be happening at the same time nationally across all forms of social media. I think, um, Disney says, and and I don't want to go out too long, but Disney says this is a, this is a one and done thing. This is not what, what our platform is going to become, but it does, it, it does make you me wonder That if they make a billion dollars from this, they go, why? Why not? Why can't we just do this? (laughs) You know. Well, you know why they say this is a one and done, right? Because they don't want a precedent to be set. If it if it doesn't go
0: well, and they say and they say like this is our new way of doing things. Mulan comes out. No, yeah, sure. Tanks. They're like, oh.
2: Well, there there is precedent right now for you know other movies doing well in this in this model, but um, so I don't know. I'm I'm kind of the mindset just to, to summarize real quick. I'm kind of in the mindset sure. that that this could very well be a possibility, but I'm kind of with you in the sense that like I could see it going both ways. So I'm so I'm open to hear what everybody has to say. Uh, Lacey, wh- um, where are you at on this discussion?
1: I think that. You know, the reason I brought this up is because this year alone has changed the movie industry forever. I don't think people understand the new normal that we're experiencing right now. And I understand that people are like, oh, well, things will get better. Things are going to go a different way. We're going to be back to normal in a year or two. That might not be the case. And I think a lot of these businesses, including the movie industry, are figuring out ways to pivot their businesses to continue making money for their stakeholders and for their companies, given the way the world is and the way things are tracking, not just with the pandemic, but also, also like in the digital internet, honed on demand space. TV's never gonna be the same either. Like TV has already been progressing in a certain way as we see it right now. Like how, it's super rare with the exception mm-hmm. of like sporting events and like the Oscars, that people are all watching the same show at the same time on a certain channel, especially... And Peter
2: Pan live.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So when this news came out that they were doing this with Mulan, I think you're 100% right, John. I think they're saying, oh, it's a one-time thing, because if it tanks, then they could say, see, we just said we were doing it (laughs) once. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, exactly.
1: But James is also right in that if this thing makes truckloads of money, which I think it will... They're not going to say no to it, especially with, yeah, maybe Star Wars and Avengers will still remain in the theaters, but imagine all the doors that opens for maybe movies that they don't want to spend all the money with the marketing and the big premieres and all these other events that can go directly to their streaming service. You know, one of our patrons had already said, said that uh, they have like 54 million subscribers for Disney Plus, and I'm one of them. I think you guys both subscribe, right? So it's yeah. one of those no-brainers that if it's something you really, really want to see, like Mulan looks cool to me. I'll probably wait for it to come out in normal pricing and not $30. But like, okay, let's be serious. I'm probably going to end up buying it just because I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to wait, so I'll watch it. But there's a lot of people just like me that are going to do the same thing. So there, it's like a no-brainer with the way the world is, how people want that instant buy, they wanna watch it when they wanna watch it, on demand, that movies could track this way. And I don't think Star Wars is any different than any other movie franchise. Yes, it changed the game. Yes, it's incredible storytelling. It's one of the best franchises we've ever seen. But that doesn't make it different when it comes to a business, especially now that it falls under Disney. At the end of the day, Disney's making money. That's what they care about. They don't care about Star Wars. They care about money. So if they want to make good stories, that's great. But at the end of the day, they have to make their money back. And if their money is going to be made back by putting it on Disney Plus for 30 bucks, they're going to do it.
2: Yeah, Yeah, It's interesting. Another thing to add to that just real quick, just like Star Wars is a name that everybody knows and loves and is is what it is, but it's not like Star Wars every time it comes out with a new movie is the new biggest box offer, a box office. You know what I mean? Star Wars money. Most people saw The
1: Force Awakens and that's it. Maybe Rogue One.
2: they, they They make money. They make a lot of money, but they don't, they're not the biggest movie franchises the big game changers every single time. I mean, most of the time. I mean, but you can you can say like you know, The Lion King made more money than The Last Jedi, you know. So it's like, okay, it didn't. Well. Did it not? No,
0: I think TLJ is like one of the like number thirteen all time. It made one point six billion dollars. I don't think Lion King made what? that.
2: One point six billion. Yeah, I'll look it up. But anyway, or around there, um, but yeah, I, I, my, my point is like, I think that it, I think we have this idea that, and I feel like it's even the case back in, um, when the prequels were coming out, you know what I mean? Like those movies, those movies were big events and everybody went to them, but did they make more money? Did, 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 did Return of the King make more money than. Attack of the Clones, or, you know?
0: Well, here's the thing, and maybe my math's wrong because I'm bootlegging my podcast rig because I have no internet and I'm using my phone, literally, <laughs> to talk to you guys on the Zoom call so I can't use my calculator as I normally would, but, so I did some long form multiplication here. I So, Mulan would need 50 million of their 57 million subscribers to buy this thing to make 1.5 billion. Which would be a huge movie for them at one point. What did it
1: cost to make, though?
0: No, I know. I'm just saying. What What do you think they were anticipating this movie to make in the box office? A billion was that the staple now for those? You know,
2: I think probably, so. I think. Probably a billion. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that goal is always like we have a big movie coming out if it doesn't make a billion dollars then we will probably look at it as a little bit of a disappointment it no, won't be right. and we'll make tons of money from it but you you got to have a goal in mind side Especially side note Disney, um, yeah. side note lion king 1.6 billion one point
0: i think tlj may have been like 1.3 so maybe you're right maybe i'm thinking domestic which is the star wars thing star wars doesn't usually do as well overseas yeah um, but yeah, I I just don't until it's my ho- my whole adage with Star Wars always until they do something I don't think I don't believe they'll do it and that's with recasting characters post dating their appearance that's things like that um, and that goes with uh, changing their their big staple which is their feature films I mean they have the Disney Plus and it's gonna be a success and if the rumors are true they're gonna be doing a lot of Disney Plus series. So I wonder if maybe they'll do a hybrid where it's like if you buy a ticket for the theater uh, through this app, you'll get a digital code to also be able to access it on Disney Plus after the opening night or something like that. Um, I still think there's some kind of deals involved with movie theater chains and, and big business with big studios like this, that they like movies like Star Wars still debuting in theaters, on big screens. And, you know, maybe I am wrong. And maybe that's just me wanting that because I love that experience of seeing Star Wars on a big screen with a huge packed crowd on an opening night. And you see that title come up, the Lucasfilm logo, and that one dumb idiot goes, maybe that's just me wanting that. I don't know. I could be completely wrong on that. But until I see it, I don't think they'll do it.
2: I I, I think okay so let's look at this let's look at what it always has been right it's always always has been like eight weeks in theaters roughly for these big major tent poles and then the DVD or the Blu-ray or whatever normally comes out let's call it five months after the movie premiered so there's usually like a space of like two or three months like it's not in theaters but it's not out on DVD yet. They've since shortened that window for the major ones, and it's almost immediately after it's out of theaters. I'd say it's probably like a three-month window from Premiere before it comes out on Blu-ray, or at least it has been for Star Wars. I could potentially see them, and there's this is kind of happening too. AMC signed that deal um, with Universal that says their movies only need to be in theaters for 18 days. That's three weeks. um, Three weekends, if you will. And they are allowed to keep the movies in theaters longer if they want. Like if Universal wants to keep Fast and Furious, whatever, in theaters longer than that day. But they have the right to say, we're releasing this movie. And then 18 days later, Universal can put it, can sell it to the streaming services to get it out there in another fashion or whatsoever. I almost foresee... Just the model being, Star Wars comes out, uh, for, for simplistic sake, January 1st, right? Then January 16th, like two weeks later, it'll be out for $30 on whatever service. It's like Disney Plus in this case, or maybe just like iTunes or something.
1: Right, right. And you
2: might... And and I think what ends up happening is is you're going to have the same people that are like when they release a Blu-ray, but they release the digital copy like two weeks before you have. It's like, oh, everybody's doing it. I can't I can't not have it. So they go see it in theaters. They go see it a couple times in theaters. and You get that big push. You get that existing thing. But there's still going to be a lot of people that are like. I don't know. I don't, I don't go out to the theater and stuff. I just, I'll just wait. And they wait the 2 weeks but they still they end up still paying a premium price for the movie, $30 to not even own it. They yeah, get but it on going Disney to the Plus. The movie theater
1: itself is like 15 I know a gig I, in.
2: No, that—that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you're going to have a here. lot of people that are like, "I'll oh, wait two weeks. Star Wars. will just watch it at home. Whatever." They still end up paying this premium price of thirty dollars yeah. to see the movie. um That's nothing I didn't and think of. The fact that multiple, they can watch
0: it multiple viewings. You know, people who a lot of Star Wars fans do that, where they go see it four or five times. Your Adam Odle see it 15 times. You know what I mean?
2: No. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, think about this, think about this really in the sense of like people maybe aren't going to the theater as much as often. I I feel like that's probably the best system for people, um, for still raking in as much money as you can put it in theaters, make them feel like they're missing out if they don't see it. So they go see it maybe a couple times. And then two weeks later, ring them out again for another 30 bucks
0: or how about this factor too and i'm we're starting to get into niches here but i you know it's all about personal experience and stuff i have a two-year-old son uh you you want to like watch your movie without the chaos of being at home and have kids running around and stuff it's like oh you can watch it when they go to bed okay so then i gotta watch star wars movie on like two volume it's like some people want get out of the house, watch their movie how they want to watch it, loud, booming, explosions, big screen stuff. Like, if we're talking about, you know, a Noah Baumbach movie, whatever that guy's name is, who did, like, you know, the sad marriage movie with Adam Driver, and you're like, that's going straight to streaming? I'm like, that makes complete sense. I don't need to see a 50-foot Adam Driver crying. But... yeah. Some people do, apparently, but, uh, you know, uh, Star Wars and, and Top Gun 2 and stuff like they're not going to put Top Gun 2 on Paramount streaming or whatever. It's going to be on your IMAX. Like there's something about the big action movie element, too, that you kind of want to get out, see it how you want to see it on your own terms and you're not dealing with the environments in your home if you have kids and stuff like that. Yeah, you, know, you got to pause it because the dog has to go out. Like, you want to watch Star Wars for the first time without interruption, and you want it in the big spectacle, the big sound, the special effects, the whole deal. Maybe throwing a, a popcorn or two, you know, stuff like that. From that, so
1: from OK, that but what about, say, because ultimately, it's not your decision how they release these movies. So say that they decide, look, we're not releasing Star Wars in the movies anymore. Sure. Would you not, would you not pay the thirty dollars to see it?
0: Oh, I would, but I think that obviously, from a personal standpoint, you may be a little disappointed from that experience if, you, if you have certain situations where it's tough for you to just sit there and at full blast watch the movie how you want to watch the movie. Um, I think yeah. they take that into consideration that you know it's it's more than just customer all same release they, they are talking demographics they're talking type of genre they're they're going down all the lists of what makes sense to put out where mulan i don't know where mulan falls in there i don't know what the target demo is for mulan i i have no interest in seeing it
1: i just think and the reason i brought this up was because i think the world has already changed the world is already changing whether you like it or not I think that the movie going experience is in, in comic cons and big events, whether you want to accept it or not are never going to be the way they were a year ago.
0: I disagree with that. Hmm.
1: Okay.
2: I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on both sides of the fence. I don't know. I could ca- I could see things returning to, to normal, but I could also see things returning to normal with this really weird new sense of safety and distance and all sorts of, you know, we're going to be doing things, Uh, the the way we were doing them during the pandemic because we actually saw it was a lot easier. It's almost like, yeah, it's almost like, you know, like at at my work, we had a, we had a call center and they always came into work and they worked in the call center and they did their thing. And now the pandemic obviously sent everybody home and they were all work from home and Mm -hmm. somewhere in the process, they just, they just all were like, why were we going into work? Like it, I, I know that it, it it was working for everybody and we had a system going and that's just mm-hmm. the way that it was. But now that we're all home and like our job isn't really affected by it at all. Like does this and, and they decided to keep everybody as a stay at home position permanently. So even if the pandemic completely ended, all of those people are now still stay at home workers. Their right. job just changed because of I, this. I understand. Um,
0: I understand that, but I don't like the comparison of work to um, pleasure or luxury. Like, going to a the theater is something that is a luxury for people. It's a date night. But, John, didn't you like out of going house. to Blockbuster? No. Didn't you like I, going no, to Blockbuster? No, I worked at a private video store. Those chains can, can oh. kiss it, man. Private enterprise. <laughs> well,
2: I think. Fe- I think most people look nostalgically back at, at Blockbuster and, and being able to go there and they and there was an experience of like walking down the aisles and seeing all the movies and being able to choose and actually make like real life decisions with people with physical uh, objects and things like that, like, you know, sitting on the wall and you could pick it up and read the back of the box. I understand. And there there was something magical about that. Trust me. And I mean- then just for whatever reason the world changes and then people go, Man, I, I you know, in a way I wish we still had that, but I gotta be honest, even if we did still have that, I probably wouldn't go and do it. But James, that's lateral. So right now feeders are in that position. That's I lateral. Think, where-
0: Eat. That, that that's you're, you're still watching that movie the same exact way except you're not going to a place and bringing it home. You're hitting a button and watching it. It's still on your television. It's a lateral move just based on technology. A theater experience cannot be replicated at home unless you're The Rock or something and you have a theater in your house.
1: I still think we were seeing a decline of people going to the movies, regardless. I, or I agree. The dynamic
0: or not. I, I agree with that. But all I'm saying is next July. When Top Gun 2 comes out and that movie makes <laughs> $1.8 billion.
2: I'm gonna say, see? Well, Action okay, movies so, still
0: sell in in big theater.
2: So I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but there was there was a lot of talk a while back about <sighs> about movie theaters considering the possibility of charging $6 to see Manchester by the sea, but charging $18 to see Avengers because they think that, yeah, because right now all movies, no matter what you see are going to be the same price. And I think, I think there's an argument to be made by certain individuals that are saying, Uh, if somebody walks into the theater and they have Spider-Man homecoming and then a movie they've never seen, they're probably going to go with Spider-Man homecoming because it's the bang for your buck. But the, but the thing about it is like, then I suffer because my movie doesn't make any, any money in the theaters. But if you want to say it's like four bucks and they're like, ah, it's four bucks, whatever. I don't want to spend a bunch of money to see a movie I've already seen. Um, Then then they maybe get invested in new movies and stuff. And then uh, there were other people on the opposition to that saying, like, no, because then you're trying to say that this movie's better than the other movie. And and it it makes it all mixed and and it it becomes a problem because it's art and art should be equally distributed. And there was all sorts of arguments about this. And I think all of this starts to come from the fact that, like, man, if people were going to movies in the theater, we wouldn't be having this discussion.
0: I mean, I agree with both you guys. And, like, I agree with what you're saying there, James and Lacey, what you're saying about the decline. But I think, like, if you look at genre, I think you're right that non-essential big screen movies probably are dipping a lot because people are just like, I don't need to go pay that much to go see this you know, romantic comedy or uh, even a regular comedy or something. But I think your, your Marvel, your big flicks, Your big action stuff, like your Star Wars and stuff, there's still a home there. And maybe that's the change. Maybe that big stuff still gets the showcase there. Uh, Because until I see a Marvel movie not make a billion dollars, I'm going to think the system still works in a post-virus world. But who knows? I'm just dreaming. Maybe I'm just dreaming. Maybe I just like it. Maybe I like that theater experience.
2: But. I'm actually surprised that you haven't used the argument of sporting events. I could watch sporting events on TV, but yet people I, yeah. don't opt for that option. Yeah, They go to the live event because there's an experience behind it. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. Based on what Lacey's thinking, she thinks maybe sporting events and live sporting events and things like that are going to be different in the future anyway. Like, I, I don't ha- know. I'm, I don't maybe, know maybe not. I am not
0: I have a feeling once the thing clears, people are gonna be packing stadiums because they they took it for granted or something. At least at the very beginning when everything's uh, you know vaccinated and whatever. Uh, I, I again I hope I'm just being an optimist because I need to be because this year has been just so bad <laughs> for me that I'm I'm looking at the you know the brick wall in Toontown comes through uh, at the end of Roger Rabbit, but I don't know I don't know I I think I you're both making perfectly logical points. I I agree, but I don't know. But I mean, I know we have to wrap it up here. So do you guys want to make your final thoughts on this? So we think, Lacey, you're thinking, you pitched the idea. So why don't you let me know what your final thoughts to wrap this thing up.
1: My final thoughts are, I think that the movie industry is moving into more of this on-demand model. And we're going to see more of this in the future from the 18-day model to the netflix who was doing this a year ago with oscar uh nominations you had to have your movie yeah, in the theater yeah. for a specific period of time so they would just rent out like a 1000 theaters run the film in those theaters just so it could get an the oscar Irish and hold it right yeah and, and then pulled it and put it on netflix
2: yeah and they're changing nominations and stuff for the 2021 right stuff it's it's going to carry over into the next right. year it's so I just the twenty twenty Oscars, yeah,
1: there's a lot of things that are progressing. And, like John says, you know, I want to be optimistic. i I want things to be that fun, like, let's go to the movies. everything's great. but like you have to look at how the industry is and how the world is changing. And I think that you're going to see more people want to have that experience at home because they can't control outside experiences. So you're going to see more of this video on demand because they want to make their money, whether it's in your house or at a movie theater. And mm-hmm. if it's at home for $30, instead of paying $60 for you and your three kids, you're going to pay the 30 bucks because <laughs> you're already paying for Disney plus.
0: Fair. James, anything else you want to add?
2: Disney recently has not been in the game of saying we made, we, we got X amount of views from Artemis Fowl or, or mm-hmm. uh blackest King was distributed to you know, so many people, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. They just, they haven't been that. And, um, Netflix kind of has, but you know, it's weird. The, uh, when, when it gets too private, like these, these, um, these distribution things sometimes they they keep a lot of that information to themselves whereas like in the for for whatever reason the theater has always been like we made a billion dollars on that movie and i it's like <laughs> I, you know i always thought that was a weird system but it is what it is you know oh a band they only sold 40 40,000 copies of their cd ha ha ha, ha that's terrible it's like d- d- why is this public information but I don't know whatever right so but when it gets privatized like that they don't they don't do that so um, so I don't know I want to say Milan will be the, the tiebreaker here and we'll figure out you know if they made a lot of money from it but um, I have a feeling they're just going to keep it close to the chest and and we'll only really know like um, theatrical numbers or, or you know whatever they're because I, I don't know I don't want to get into it but um, I don't know. And it's weird. It's weird. So um I think that's it. Final thoughts. Yeah, you know, I I don't
0: know. Like I just like I said, dude, my last thing is that I'm optimistic that we're gonna get through this. Um there will be a shift, but I still think in twenty twenty three, whatever that Star Wars movie is, that thing is gonna debut in theaters. Um, but we'll see. We got plenty of time to find out, three years, to see who was right or wrong. And then we can go back to this episode for the bragging rights. Um, All right. (laughs) So now uh, we hope you guys enjoyed that discussion. Let us know what you think in the comments. Do you think Star Wars is going to still live in the theaters uh, to open? Do you think it's going to be following this new trend? Um, It's an interesting discussion, and we'll see how things shake out. But either way, as long as we keep getting Star Wars, right? Um, All right. So now we're going to send it to hear from you guys. Uh, We're going to send it to Lacey to go through this week's resistance transmissions.
1: All right, guys, it's time for resistance transmissions. So the way that this works is every week, John puts up a crazy wacky situation on Twitter at RBATSWNN and you guys give your answers. And I don't know what the scenario is. I don't know what he asked. And I read it live. Yeah. All right. So the situation is um, Orson Krennick keeps trying to call the Emperor, but Palpatine's receptionist keeps making excuses for why he's unavailable. (laughs) (laughs) What is one of the excuses used so Sheevy Babes doesn't have to take the call? (laughs) First up. First up is Len Brown at TK72971. And they said, I am sorry, director. Sheevy Babes is babysitting his new grandbaby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, up next is Rick Villanueva at Cad Bane's Bounty, who said, Ring, Sheev answers. Go for Papa Palpatine. <laughs> Krennick, ah, my lord. Sheev panics, changes voice. Um the supreme emperor is um on the throne winces Krennic, i will leave him a message then sheev in changed voice i seem to have misplaced my pen
2: <laughs> lacy
1: your pen sir <laughs>
2: Love it. It's a good one. <laughs>
1: oh, jeez, I will be in a Star Wars movie and I will hand someone a pen at some point. Imagine that. That's my greatest thing is like someone gets wind of that's my joke. And then you know, Stephen Ford puts me in his thing as the pen person. All right. Next up is Russ at RH7R 95. J-R. And Ru- yeah. H-R- oh. JR. Russ Harbison
0: Jr., born in 1995.
1: All right, my screen's across the room, trying to read each letter. (laughs) Sorry, it just always happens to be Russ. Russ, I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) I like you, Russ.
1: I love Russ. All right, Mm -hmm. Russ said. I'm sorry, but the emperor can't take your call right now. He's currently on the phone with the electric company's collections department. Apparently unlimited power is a lot more expensive than he thought. (laughs) Wow. All right. Next up is Nathan Shank at Nathan B. Shank. What up, Nathan? He said, I'm sorry, the emperor can't come to the phone right now. He is getting his latest Botox shots. Hopefully they'll work this time.
0: (laughs) And Next up is Hollywood.
1: Yeah. Next up is Andrew Espinal at I Drew on you and the Drews and Caps. Andrew said, he has unlimited power, but not dot, 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 unlimited minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> unlimited talk of text on weekends <laughs> yeah.
1: next up is Brian Pothier at B Pothier and Brian said Payless has a two for one sale on black loafers the emperor's nuts for quality footwear at affordable prices <laughs> 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 apologies director uh, oh my god it's so true especially for that fan film where he had yeah. little loafers on. anytime
0: Brian Pothier drops in On a resistance transmission, I almost always have to get him in here.
1: (laughs) Next up is Robert Turmel Jr. at Turmel underscore Jr. Or JR. (laughs) Okay, Robert said, the Emperor is currently rubbing his socketed, oh, socketed, socked feet across the carpet, recharging his force lightning. Would you like me to have him call you back? Oh, jeez! And last but not least is Vanessa Fontaine at Nessa Face 04. And Vanessa said, Director Krennic, my apologies, but the Emperor is busy trying to buy a baby Yoda doll for his secret granddaughter. Uh, those things are hard to come by. The hosts of the yeah. Resistance broadcast keep scooping them up. <laughs> Try again later. Bye bye. <laughs> Vanessa, well done. I might yeah. or might not, and by might not, I'm lying. Uh, have someone at Galaxy's Edge currently trying to get me the knit Baby Yoda? They're trying to get it for me, so people will know soon enough if I got one What's or that? not.
2: Is that an MTV show? Obsessed? Might as well be. So,
1: or it's like true yeah. life. I'm obsessed with Baby Yoda.
2: Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah. Anyway. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. Yeah, you could be on the show. That's it. Back to you, John.
0: All right. Thank you to everyone for listening or watching and being a part of the resistance. We really appreciate it. Um, As you saw from Monday uh, through today, we like to feature uh, our community on the show. And you guys always bring the last or help us uh, find some cool topics to talk about. So we really appreciate that. But now it's your turn to do us a favor. Make sure you do subscribe to the show. You can do so on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, of course, Podbean, wherever you prefer to get the podcast. Subscribe there because we have two episodes every week and the Mando Fan Show is coming back this fall. Uh, likely on Fridays again. So just subscribe and uh, make sure you're in tune with that. Uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com, day for your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. As we talked about at the top, if you want more of what we do, Patreon.com slash Resistance Broadcast. Tier start at just 2 bucks a month, guys, and it helps support what we do in addition to giving you more content, more access. We have a Discord server, mailings, uh, stickers, a bunch of uh, great stuff. And uh, you know the deal with Teespring for all of our shirts. You can get one of our sweatshirts. It's going to be getting cool in the next month or two. Uh, get some TRB gear there. You guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James?
2: Uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Myertrunks as always. And I can't back up, John, enough on the, the Teespring, you know, the hoodies and stuff, man. The, the, that the That premium hoodie is just so comfortable. So comfortable. Yeah. I love uh I know it's the red, the make solo two happen one or whatever, but it's my the it's the only one I have right now from Teespring, and I it's like my favorite thing to wear. So
0: yeah, without a doubt. Lacey. Without a doubt, undoubtedly.
1: People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillarin, and also make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Resistance Broadcast. And also you can get updates. From that lovely site that John mentioned, Star Wars Newsnet, at Star Wars Newsnet.
0: Yeah, I oh, gotta start adding that into the rotation now for the outros. The Instagram. We are all over that. Lacey is drinking a little more coffee, I guess, than she used to. Is it the instant coffee that uh you got during the blackout? Yes. <laughs> Alright. Good banter. Okay. Uh we're at- the- <laughs> was I
1: supposed to banter there?
0: I don't know. I my phone's dying, so I'm muting and unmuting, and we're getting this. We're getting the we're getting the truck down the road here uh, without any gas <laughs> in the engine.
1: I was like, I don't know where you're going. Yeah. Yes, okay.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah. Again, thank you to everybody for listening and watching. Um, uh, I don't know what the secret word is then, for for
2: the for the day. Uh, um, a hand basket.
1: <laughs> what?
2: Hand basket. I just come up. With, I'm just looking around the room, man.
1: That's what socked you do. You do want you it look to around be... your room. Socked You're... feet.
2: There's a hand basket right in front of me. Socked feet. Oh yeah. Oh, I like that socked is... feet.
0: feet. Yeah. Socked feet. All right. So, socked feet is the key word to let us know that you were in it till the end with us, and we appreciate <laughs> that. Oh, uh, <laughs> think about but now go and enjoy your weekends. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll see you Monday. Oh, I did it. We'll see you Monday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.